This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 18, an interview with Gilles Eigenspieler of ANSYS on the ANSYS Academic Program, and an update on news and events in the ANSYS and PADT worlds. Hi there, I'm Eric Miller, one of the owners of Phoenix Analysis and Design Technologies, better known as PADT, and welcome to this episode of All Things ANSYS. So um, it's been a little more than two weeks since our last episode. It's been actually a month since we last did this in July. So, so we, we tried to do every other uh, week, but uh, we're going to try, still try to do every other week, but maybe just once a month, but hopefully we'll, have, uh, we'll do it when we have useful content, which we have uh, this week we can't wait to share with you a great interview we had on the ANSYS uh, academic program. So we're still really busy here at PADT in the tech support area and uh, both and doing services. It's, it's uh, kind of leveled off, which is kind of nice. We're not seeing it grow anymore. So I think we're at steady state now and we're kind of catching up. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we kind of had a perfect storm of a lot of new users. Uh, some new customers, and then um, a lot of new ANSYS products all coming together at the same time to make our, our team really busy. So that's why we haven't been doing our full podcast. So we'll continue to keep up with these short episodes, really focused on doing interviews and some news and updates. Statistics-wise on the podcast, uh, we had 255 downloads of our last episode, uh, so people are still listening. And uh, some milestones, we crossed 5,000 total downloads, which is 5,143, over 17, which is uh, 302 per episode. So we're averaging over 300 downloads per episode, which is also a fantastic thing to have happen. So we really do appreciate those of you who listen to the podcast, who share it with friends, who let other people know about it. We really do appreciate you sticking with us through this whole thing. So um, speaking of this podcast, what we did is I sat down with a gentleman that works for ANSYS Inc. Uh, his name is Gilles Eigenspieler which I mispronounced, but I think I got it close that time. And uh, I had a chance to talk to him over WebEx and really get uh, some of his input on the academic program, which he runs for ANSYS. And I found it really interesting, if you're not a student, uh, just you should just know what's going on with that program because you probably you or your company probably hire students or you may have family members that are students. So it's a really great program that I wish uh, well I wish they had ANSYS when I was in college. I guess they did, but it wasn't very widespread back then. And I wish I had access to it uh, a program like this, like like we give ANSYS gives access to schools now. So please do take a listen, and we'll see you on the other side. So uh, welcome to our discussion today with Gilles. Egan Spieler, I'm really bad with that. I tried, I tried. <laughs> um, who is, is from uh, ANSYS Inc. joining us today to talk about the ANSYS academic uh, program. And so, so welcome to our little podcast. Thank you. Hi, Eric. Hey. So I'd like to start with just a little bit of introduction to, to tell your, our listeners kind of briefly, you know, who you are, what you do at ANSYS, and then uh, also, if you could, how did you start doing simulation? How did you end up in the world of simulation? Uh <clears throat> So my name is Gilles. I'm the Worldwide Academic uh, Program Sales uh, Director at ADNC. It's a long title to basically say my job is to make sure that every student has easy access to uh, uh, NC simulation, uh, is inspired by why to use uh, uh, simulation, and also understand that it's a technology that can be key to boost their career. 
I started in simulation who exactly 18 years ago now. Uh, I got a PhD in fluid dynamics. I was a uh, um, technical, uh, technical specialist for many years. Did a little bit of marketing as well. And uh, I, uh, I discovered uh, academic. I saw all the, the opportunities we had to, uh, to help students make sure they know about this great technology, make, make sure they can learn it. And I've been, uh, I've been working in the, in the area of academic for the last three years. Great. And where physically are you based out of these days? Uh, I live in uh, Irvine, California. Oh, there's worse places in the ANSYS world to be stationed, yes. Exactly. <laughs> very nice. Very good. Um, so basically, you know, we, I, I've been, I've Chris been with ANSYS for quite some time, and we've, we, we love this, the current form of the academic program um, because it is so easy for students to, to get access to and to use the ANSYS tools. But can you just tell us uh, what, what actually is the academic program? What, you know, what, did, what do you get when you sign up for the academic program as a student? Okay, so let, let me step back a little bit. Cool. And let okay. me first say why there is an academic program, why it's very important. I was in the commercial world for many years. Mm-hmm. And often when I would see clients, they always had the same question. They were saying, hey, the students, why is it that I get students? Every student knows thermodynamics. They all took uh, engineering classes, basic of, of structural mechanics, etc. But only a few know, sim- know simulation or are aware of it. They think it's a PhD thing or, or really are very advanced. And I was saying we, we need the student to know at least the, ba- the basic of simulation, understand how it works, because that, that's of great value for, for us, and that's going to be of great value for their, uh, uh, for their career. And that's really how we see the NCS academic program, cool. meaning once you sign up and sign up, it could be as a university or it could be as a student that download our, our software. Mm-hmm. I do strongly believe that software access, access to the licenses is 5% of our work. There's mm-hmm. three more things that are much more important for us. The first, the first thing is to inspire students to understand how to use simulation. So when you're in the NCS academic program, you actually get guidance depending upon your application. And, you know, some of the students want to do aerodynamics. That's more fluid thing. Some of the mm-hmm. students want to develop electric, uh, the new electric drive that are powering uh, electric cars. They need a completely different set of, of examples to inspire them and see what can be, what they could achieve. The second thing is making sure they have access to the training material. So we have a lot of, of uh, training that is, uh, that is available online. One of the best training we have is, for example, the MOOC, massive online yes. on-demand class from Cornell University. So students can train themselves, have access to tutorial, etc. And the third thing we try to do also is make sure we help them uh, uh, get a job so we can go into to more details after but it's basically we also try to make sure we connect uh key students and the ones that are really passionate in simulation to some of our customers that are desperately looking for for uh, uh, simulation trained engineers so that's the three pillars you want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, inspire students train them and help them get a job Perfect. I think students will definitely like that. <laughs> so, so it, it does sound like it's the complete ANSYS package. Is is that a valid statement? I mean, the, do, do most of the main solvers are they accessible through this program? 
Yes, especially when we go at the university level. Mm-hmm. A lot of universities have what we call the multi-physics campus-wide license, okay. which is every every single uh, NCS product, both for research and teaching. We did that because as simulation was growing, we started to have many professors that use simulation. And we saw that there was a need to consolidate all that rather than nickel and dime universities whenever they needed a license. So the the great move that was done is basically say, you know what, if you want a campus-wide access, you're just going to make sure we deal with it once a year, but you have access to all the, the, the NCS products for both your research and teaching. That goes very well along the line of what I said. Uh, access to licenses and the tool must be 5% of the work because that's exactly what happens. You deal with that once a year and Mm -hmm. the rest of the time you can work with the student and the professor and making sure they have, uh, uh, they know how to use simulation, are being trained, et cetera. Very cool. That does make it a lot easier. That's, that's very useful. So, um, are, are there any restrictions on usage of the plan? Like, can, can all students get access to ANSYS software? What, what are the rules as far as getting your hands on the tools? So if you're part of the universities that have access to a campus-wide, there is no restriction whatsoever. Okay. If you go on ncs.com slash students, you will be able to download a free download. But mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, there, there are some limitations in the model size that you can accomplish. So that's a that's a limited size, but it's certainly enough to learn the tool, right? As long as you keep your definitely mind. enough to learn the tool and get started. Yeah, good, good, good. And no limitation as far as physics, just really capacity. That is correct. Yes. Good, good. Okay, excellent. Um, and and what's what's the cost of this sort of thing? Uh, so the co- the free download is obviously free, free. right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you look at if you look at uh, typical typical cost for for campus-wide access, you're looking at a, a few tens of to, uh, thousands of dollars. So the university should be able, most universities should be able to afford it, and then the students themselves, if they're using the student version, they 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 don't pay whether they're downloading or using the academic version, right? Exactly. With a special emphasis, we mm-hmm. do a special emphasis on the student team. The mm-hmm. teams doing uh, competitive events. I mean, you're talking right. about Formula SAE. Uh, Hyperloop contest, drone contest, etc. They get access to unlimited uh, uh, version of the software, pretty right. much what they want for obviously complete, completely free. So we do sponsor more than 250 of those teams. Oh wow, wow! Which leads me to to my next question: uh, Can you give us an example of some people that have used the academic program that have been a kind of a big success? Uh, yeah, so. Let me actually, I could think about, I could think about uh, a, a great success we're having at the uh, um, University of California, San Francisco, where we are working with a professor that uh, uses NCS to develop um, artificial uh, uh, liver system. So basically, you would have uh, all, all the all the, the how the flow goes and, and everything is is simulated simulated with entries. And we we have a lot of those of those example in the research uh, research mm-hmm. arena. That's been the traditional way of where you see entries being used. But mm-hmm. let me actually switch a little bit gear and uh, uh, tell you about the the student teams. 
Yeah. And uh, I, I, we sponsor a lot, a lot of them. Let me take the example of the UCI or University of California Irvine uh, mm-hmm. Hypercly team. So that's, uh, that's a team. It started with the SpaceX Hyperloop contest. So that, that was started mm-hmm. three years ago. And uh, they've been using NCIS for three years. Very intensive usage. Year from year, students train each other. Obviously, we always are here to, to, to train them as well. And, and many of them know are graduating and uh, getting, uh, getting career in, uh, in uh, simulation, sometimes to our customer, sometimes to, to other companies. So that's really where we see a lot of the success because, again, researcher, it's more or less like, you know, like a company developing something, right? right? What, what I really like with, with the student, and that's mm-hmm. been driven by the industry because our clients are basically telling us we love the students that are part of the student team. They have a good GPA, like a lot of students have a good GPA, but if they're in a student team, they work in team, they have to build something, and they have to deliver it on time. Mm-hmm. And those are qualities that employers are really looking for. And we had a, a lot of successes of getting those uh, uh, help to the team, but also of seeing the, the, the student graduating and being hired. That's just one one of the team. It's just down the road from me, so obviously yeah, a, a local connection. Mm-hmm. But we are having a lot of of success there, which I do have to say makes us uh, makes us very proud because it's mm-hmm. always a pleasure to see those those students that uh, two years ago they were starting to use uh, simulation, and now I have them. Uh, they ping me on LinkedIn and make it say, "No, oh, hey, I found a job. I'm using simulation uh, for my job, etc." It's, it's really awesome. It, it, it's really something we like to see. Yeah, it's all part of the ecosystem. There, it's it's a. Uh, I know that's something we look for when we're going through resumes to hire new grads. If they've used any Ansys, of course we're biased because since we're so involved in the Ansys world. But um, you know, if they've used it. In a class, that's a plus. But if they've used it on a project, they go to the top of the pile. There's no no question. A, a, yeah. a, 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 ex, exactly. So it could be student team, or it could be uh, it could be a capstone project. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. And and just learning the value. The other thing that we like about it is the students are graduating, knowing the value of simulation to drive design. So that because they've yep. used it in the real, it's not just oh I need to learn FEA or I need to learn CFD or EMAG. It's that I had a problem. I used simulation to figure out which direction to go with my design, and and they see that 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 benefit that we we all know out in industry. So it's pretty exactly powerful. that's one of the points that I wanted to make. I mean traditionally, if I look back even when I was a student, you always had CFD or FEA classes, mm-hmm. and you would learn the equation and you know. Right. You could go through the test, and you during the test you had to give some equation and things like that, and you were done. What I really like, especially when when you see the trend of experiential learning or flipped mm-hmm. classes at the undergrad level, is not only do they have to to use simulation, but they get the value right away because they have mm-hmm. to build something. Yeah. So something that could have been theoretical in the past becomes something they really understand. Okay, what assumption am I going to make? What am I going to simulate? Because I only have that much time to build my, my device. Mm-hmm. And they, they become extremely smart uh, very quickly. The second thing they really like is they like the, different, the, the fact that they can differentiate from, from other, especially when looking for jobs. We yes. do many events where we basically do lunch and learn. And some of them, I could have 100 or 120 students. It's mm-hmm. not rare. And I always ask the same question. 
I say who has uh, computer skills like uh, Excel and PowerPoint on their resume, and everyone gets their mm-hmm. their hands up, uh, right. I still ask them why they put those those skills. I mean, my mother knows Excel very well, and she's <laughs> yeah, right. looking for a job. <laughs> everyone knows that. And then I say, oh, who knows Mac? Where's MATLAB skills on there? But tons of people who have some coding, who have some CAD, and you know, all ends go yeah. out. And who has simulation skills? I'm not even saying entry skills, just mm-hmm. simulation skills. And then you maybe see 20% of the students right. getting their arm up. And that's always my point is like, hey, look at the 20% of students that just raise their, their uh, arm. They already have a leg up. On, on, on you because the rest, all the, all the skills you put, you all have the same skills. It's a little bit the idea of, of showing them that they can differentiate themselves with, uh, with learning simulation or some other technology, but simulation is really a great differentiator on a resume. Yeah. Yeah, such an important tool in product development today across the board, every industry, which is which we love. So um, if, uh, if a student is listening right now, where would they go to find out more about this uh, program? Uh, go on entis.com and look for academic and you will find uh, the free download. You will find all the tutorial and MOOC that are freely available. You will find the student community where students uh, talk directly and exchange best practices, ask questions, etc., etc. Okay. So entis.com and then follow academic. Academic, excellent. And then, if uh, one of our listeners is an engineer or maybe a senior person in a, in a company and they want to get their local universities more involved with using ANSYS, what's their best way to get uh, somebody at ANSYS in touch with the local university? You can uh, you can always uh, if if along the podcast you have my email address, you can always reach me on my email address. But my last name is so long, I am not even going to spell it. Okay. The best we'll way. Be you, you can always go go on ncs.com, do contact us, explain exactly that. I'm an engineer. I'm looking for, for uh, people trained in, in NCS or via my local university. We are uh, uh, pretty much we work with all the major uh, universities in the U.S. Uh, the message will, will get exactly to me or my team and we'll be very happy to help you. And actually, that's... That's one of the things we, we, we love to do because the same way we love to see uh, our students uh, succeed with simulation for the project, the same way we love to be able to help uh, help a student graduate and then find, uh, sorry, uh, help student uh, find a uh, fine career and find a uh, uh, internship or a first job. Great. Great. So, and, and probably if you have a local salesperson you work with in the ANSYS organization or a reseller like PADT, if you reach out to whoever you buy your ANSYS from, they can plug you into the academic program folks at ANSYS. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a good way to go. Um, is there anything, before we wrap it up here, is there anything that we missed that you want to cover before we finish up? Now, I think we 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 articulate uh, or, or we we discuss we discuss the, the the key points. There is always more application we can mm-hmm. talk about or, or more things, but I think the key point is is the following, which I'm really seeing on campus. Mm-hmm. If you think about simulation, even ten years ago, or maybe even five years ago, there was something that people would say, "Oh, simulation is, is for grad type mm-hmm. of activities. Yeah. It's for PhD or master thesis." And by the way, it's for this. CFD or FEA classes is very numeric type of thing. And I, what I want to make sure everyone understands is, you no, know, we're really at the 
point where people can use uh, our simulation early on. Uh, we we are talking with our new tool, Discovery Live, which is really easy to use. Like even students in the first year to start realizing the value of simulation. So that, that's really what I want want people to understand. It's 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 no more just a little niche, but it's really a skill that is great for for every. Uh, every student. And on, on the last point of that, that I always find interesting when I talk to some of our clients, they're really telling us, hey, maybe not every engineer will uh, use simulation right away, but they will be working with people that use simulation. Yes. So they need to understand the basic of it just to make sure they can all work together. So it's not even you need simulation because you're going to be an expert in it. But you need to know simulation because you will be working with people that do simulation and you need to understand how it works, understand, have the basic lingo to be able to interact with them, etc. That's a really good point. Just You may end up being a project engineer for your career, but you're going to be using simulation in your project, so you need to know what's going on. That's a really good point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. I, I think the only thing that I I think I want to add is that um, there's really no excuse for a student to say mm, I can't learn ANSYS because I don't have access to it. That that's just not true. Um, you can you can get access to it easily on the website or through your university. So every student should know a little bit of ANSYS when they graduate, if not be uh, really well versed in it. So hey, exactly. And I want I want to make sure you your listener know about that. Mm-hmm. Our first priority is to give uh, a student access to the technology and the key trading material. So mm-hmm. even if you're a student at a university that don't have a campus-wide access, reach out to us. The first mm-hmm. thing we do is making sure you have a, a license, the training material, so you can you can discover the tool right away. And, and, and a lot then of... we work on the rest with your professor or, or the university. But okay. we all priority number one making sure students succeed. Yeah. And, and, a, and a lot of our listeners are of my age group that have children going to college. So if your kids are using, uh, are getting their degree in engineering and they say, I don't know if we have, ANSYS is available. So make sure that they know that. <laughs> so, okay. Um, well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I learned a little bit there that I didn't know about the program, which is always good for me. And uh, we, you enjoy your uh, California weather uh, where it's not quite as hot as here. And uh, <laughs> we hope to see you soon at an event. Perfect. Thank you very much for, for your time, Eric. Greatly appreciated. Thank you. Okay, welcome back. Um, I, I really learned a lot during that interview, like I said, and he's a great guy. I've, I've gone to a couple of events that he's been at, very knowledgeable user of ANSYS as well as uh, an administrator of programs like the academic program. So do check it out. Uh, go to the website as, as stated uh, and, and look up the academic portions of the website. And there's all sorts of really cool tools there. Um, the massive online classes are fantastic. You don't have to actually have a class on ANSYS. Uh, any of the ANSYS products to learn it. There's there's great material out there, as well as forums and stuff to help you get up and running with the product. So uh, do take advantage of it. Do let students you know and professors you know know about it, and um, we'll get more ANSYS users out there in the world. So let's take a little bit of a commercial ba- break to, uh, to pay the bills. Uh, hopefully buy a new microphone soon, and uh, we'll be right back on the other side. Dave, you know that sending simulation work outside can be very difficult. I sure do, Linda. It's so hard to find someone that knows how to conduct simulation that also understands our product and design needs enough to add value. How do you know you have the right partner? You are so right. 
That is why so many companies turn to PADT for their engineering simulation needs. They are experts in structural, fluid flow, thermal, and electromagnetic simulation. They know how to drive design with simulation because PADT has been doing it for over 23 years, and some of their staff members have been building and running models for over 30 years. That's a lot of experience, but let's be honest, working with a lot of outside providers is like throwing your projects over a wall. You send it, wait, and then get a number and a bill. That isn't what most people need. You hit on a key difference with PADT's team and why they have been doing this for so long. They have the technology down, but they also know from experience that constant and smart communication with customers is critical. And when they get done, instead of delivering just a number and pretty plots, they provide insight into the physics and behavior of what they're modeling. It really is like having a group of experts right there on your team. That is comforting. You can get burned without that. So I know I'm being kind of a skeptic, but simulation can be expensive and budgets are tight. So I want to make sure they really are a good solution. My last question is, how on earth do they stay so up to date on so many things? Yes, their capabilities are kind of overwhelming in breadth and depth, but the answer is pretty simple. Besides doing simulation as a service, they are an ANSYS elite channel partner. They have to sell to and support over 100 customers. This gives them exposure to every ANSYS product and almost every industry and application. You really can't find that anywhere else. Okay, Linda, you convinced me. If someone needs to get some simulation done, how do they get started? Easy. They can email info at padtinc.com, call 1-800-293-PADT, or visit www.padtinc.com slash simulation. Someone from their engineering team will get back to them, usually within a day, to talk about what you need done. Cool. Thanks, Wenda. Anytime. So what are you working on anyway? Okay. So uh, the next thing we want to cover are events. Uh, here at PADT, we've got uh, three great events coming up. The, in fact, starting tomorrow is the Turbine Engine Technology Symposium called TETS, which is at the Dayton Convention Center in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, we're going to be there with the Flonex folks. So if you are going to that event, please do stop by and say hello to the PDT people in the Flonex booth. Um, we, we hope to see you. Uh, next week is pretty busy. We've got two big events. One is in New Mexico and one in Colorado. The New Mexico event is, uh, I think it's our third meeting of the 3D printing peer group for the New Mexico Technology Council. We're going to be getting together at the Rio Bravo Brewing Company on Tuesday from 3 to 5 of next week. Uh, that's in Albuquerque. Actually, you'll be listening to it this week. So it's going to be, what's the date on that? Um, Tuesday, August 14th. So the 14th at the Rio Bravo Brewing Company from 3 to 5, we're going to be talking mostly about the carbon technology, but there'll also be a chance for people to talk about what they're doing. And if you're not a big 3D printer user and you're listening to this in New Mexico, stop on by because um, there'll be other engineers out there uh, and you can meet some folks from PADT as well. Our big event of the month is going to be our Colorado Additive Manufacturing Day which is Wednesday, the 15th of August. And that's going to be from 1 o'clock to 7 p.m. We have a chock-full schedule of presentations from customers, finishing up with a great panel discussion about the practical use of how people are really using 3D printing in a practical sense. Not, not research, not pie in the sky, but how they use it every day at their companies. A lot of aerospace folks, uh, a lot of other industries as well. We expect around 200 customers to show up to that. 
So again, even if you're not a big 3D printing user, we recommend you stop by just to meet other engineers. Um, there is free beer involved as well as food. And uh, for ANSYS users, we are going to be spending a whole session on the ANSYS Additive Suite. Uh, which we've talked about on this podcast a little bit, but these, these are the tools that allow you to model metal 3D printing as well as topological optimization. So our very own Doug Otis will be doing that. I'll be there as well talking about design for additive manufacturing. So we do, do really recommend if you're in Colorado, stop on by. To register for any of these events, go to our website, click on at the top of the page, there's an events tab, click on that and uh, just click on the registration link for the event you want to attend. We've got some seminars coming. We finished up a bunch of seminars on signal integrity uh, using the um, ANSOF tools, the electromagnetics tools in ANSYS, and we're scheduling our next set coming up. I'm not quite sure what those are going to be, but look for those to be announced. And um, if you ever want to know, like, oh, does PADT have a webinar on such and such, go to our Bright Talk page. You can get to that at www.padtinc.com slash brighttalk. And uh, you'll see all the webinars that we've done and recorded recently since we started using brighttalk. It's a great interface. Uh, and there's all sorts of topics in there, so do check that out. So let's move on to news. The ANSYS stock is doing quite well again. Uh, it's at $172 a share. Uh, the peak is still $184, but it's still hovering up there near there, staying high, and there's lots of hiring going on. They did have their earnings call. I'm recording this on the 9th, so they had their earnings call two days ago on the 7th, um, which is Monday. That's the second quarter of 2018, and it went really well. Revenue for the quarter was 305, basically 306 million dollars. That's a dollar. The profit ended up being a dollar and eight cents per share. That's a profit margin, a 35.5 percent. So they're doing quite well. They're building up good cash reserves to to buy more people and hire more people. Uh, it's a new record for revenue and earnings per share. And some uh, another record that was set for Q2. Uh, was the amount of deferred revenue and backlog they have. So these are this is uh, orders they've got that they can't count as revenue, but they're coming in. Um, and so that's a really good sign, too, for the future. They got about $696 million of cash laying around on hand, so uh, that's good for them for growth. And uh, if you want to know more, uh, do check out the ANSYS website. And if you go to About ANSYS and then News Center under About ANSYS, you'll get their press releases and the, the official press release for the second quarter meeting as well as any others are in there. And I'll, I'll throw in also the numbers I'm reporting are what they call generally accepted accounting principles for the second quarter, which is GAAP. And they, they report in a lot of different ways, so you can check it out if you, if you really care uh, looking at their press release. So good news on the financial front for ANSYS. They're strong. They're robust. They're doing well. We should continue to get good software from them for many years to come. Um, when last time we talked, we had kind of uh, pre-announced that we were going to be working with Nimbix, reselling their uh, their online cloud HPC solution. That's official now. Right after that podcast, we announced it. So um, do take a look at that. We strongly recommend it. It's one of the earlier podcasts does talk about Nimbix. I recommend to listen to that if you haven't heard it. Uh, we're big fans of the tool. Uh, not only do we resell it, but we use it here for our consulting business. Uh, other news at PADT, we're happy to announce that we won a STTR, which is a um, small business technology transfer uh, grant. I 
can't remember what it actually stands for, but it's basically where uh, we work with a university to transfer some technology from the university into the commercial sector. And we're partnering with Arizona State University to look at 3D printing cellular structures inside models that mimic nature. So if you think of honeycombs or bamboo, they've got this kind of cellular structure that's very light and very strong. So we want to mimic that with 3D printing. So there's going to be a lot of simulation involved in that because we'll be in PADT, we'll model it before we build it and optimize the design that way. So do look for um, information on that. It's a phase one. So it's a, you know about $170,000, most of which is going to ASU for them to do some basic research. But if we win the phase two, we'll look at commercialization opportunities for this and kind of prove it out from a commercial standpoint to provide people with a tool to kind of create these structures. On to blogs. Uh, our blog, we actually got three articles out that should be of interest to those of you in the ANSYS world. Uh, the first one was a really good article um, from, I think it was Michael Griese, on using ANSYS HPC and HPC license packs in the electronics desktop. So these support uh, the high-performance computing licenses. So it's just a really quick little how-to on how to access those licenses. One of our customers and longtime ANSYS users is called Worldview. They're down in Tucson, Arizona, and they make a high-altitude balloon. It's, it's a stratospheric balloon. Um, I definitely say you should check out that article that we linked to in the ANSYS blog uh, about how they use ANSYS to model for... Uh, basically uh, CFD and structural and thermal. Um, they're, they're really power, they're real power users. They're a startup, but they have very experienced users in the startup. And they've done some really cool stuff with ANSYS to get this really neat application of these, what they call stratolites up into the atmosphere. And then uh, we did another article about whether, I think this is Alex wrote this one, Alex Christian, can ANSYS Mechanical handle my required modeling precision? So let's say you've got a really big part, a relatively big part that's maybe you know, a foot across, and you need to know, or maybe even three inches across, but you need to know deflections in the nanometer range. So, um, you know, if everything was in the nanometer range, you'd be fine because you can just scale your units. But what if you've got a part that's in the inch range or maybe the centimeter range and you need to know results in the nanometer range? And so Alex takes us through the math. It's actually very interesting and very useful on understanding whether we have the precision available to get you the answer you want. So I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, we used it with a customer that was modeling lenses. So they were getting very small deflections in their lenses um, relative to the size of the lens, but because it's a lens, it had a big effect on the results. And uh, so we, he worked through that with them and shared it with all you guys. ANSYS has been busy blogging as well. Um, the, the ones that I liked, uh, definitely check out the ANSYS blog. There's, they actually have a, quite a few articles. They've been really cranking them out. Um, there's five that I picked that are worthwhile taking a look at. Uh, the first one was how to efficiently simulate a gas turbine flame out. Uh, this is just a cool event for me. Um, you know, so basically the, 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 the flame front gets away from the fuel and it, and it flames out. Um, so you can actually simulate that in ANSYS Fluent. So take a look at that. Um, uh, two that are related to today's uh, interview are on students using ANSYS to simulate their off-road vehicles for the uh, Society of Automotive Engineer race cars. So there's one called Tips to Design a Formula SAE Race Car with Simulation, and then the other is Six Simulations to Optimize Your Off-Road Vehicle. So um, very useful for those of you that are students as well as those just interested in how ANSYS is applied. 
the newest ANSYS acquisition was a company called Optus. And so they're getting integrated in the ANSYS world. And they wrote a very interesting blog article about using artificial intelligence to analyze optical material properties from a photo. So you take a picture and you can use AI to get information about the material properties. Uh, very interesting stuff. And we're just starting to get our, our, our feet wet with the whole Optus world. Uh, really cool stuff. So you may be a CFD person, but check it out. Uh, I found it really fascinating and, and, uh, and, and maybe applicable in other areas as well, just kind of trying to understand how AI can be used in simulation. Uh, a very useful one is an article that someone wrote about keeping smartphones thermally cool with simulation. So it's simulation-driven design for your smartphone, uh, a very practical application. And then the last one was a, a compact axial flux magnetically geared machine. I'm kind of fascinated by these kind of machines and, and being uh, fascinated by electromagnetics. So this was a really cool uh, look at that. So the, it's, a, it's a neat way to use Maxwell to design one of these uh, magnetically geared devices, which is just a cool application to begin with. So do check out those blogs as well as many others out there. Definitely recommend it. So the last little bit of, of news slash information that I want to share with you is, uh, and you may have already received an email on this if you're on PADT's email list, um, we've decided to no longer use that list, or in the future we'll stop using that list. There's about 15,000 people on it all over the world that we've collected over the years. Um, Europe has passed something called GDPR, which is a, a protocol of rules, laws for protecting personal data. And, and a side effect of that is you can't send unsolicited marketing emails to European citizens unless they've explicitly said, hey, you can send me unsolicited, unrelated emails. Um, and, and U.S. countries and Canada are doing similar things. U.S. states, I should say. And Canada are doing, looking at doing similar things. Canada's kind of already done it. The, the, the severity is not as much, but basically saying, hey, just stop sending emails to people unless they say, I want to get an email. Uh, sending them an email and saying, if you don't want this, unsubscribe just isn't cutting anymore. So we debated whether we should do that. We have customers in Europe, and we should definitely do it for our European customers. But then we thought about it a little bit more and thought, you know what? As recipients of email, we don't like it either. I get a ton of email I never asked for, and I'm too lazy to unsubscribe. We kind of like this rule, so we're going to do it. So you should have already received an email if you were on our list saying, hey, subscribe to one of these four lists uh, that we've newly created. If you're on one of these four lists, we'll go ahead and keep sending you email. If not, uh, we'll stop bugging you. Uh, there's one that's simulation related. So everybody that listens to this podcast, I recommend you sign up for that one. To do that, you go to www.padtinc.com slash opt in. It's all one word, O-P-T. I -N. So padtinc.com slash opt in. There'll be a simple little form. You give us your name, your email, uh, company you work for, your state, so we kind of know where you're at. And then um, pick one of the four lists that you want to subscribe to. And uh, we'll, we'll send you not two or three emails per, per list a month. Keep it down to a minimum. Uh, if you want to know more about what's in each list or what each list is for, just scroll down. We got that described. Um, and we also get a little bit of background on why we're doing this. Um, you know, spurred on by GDPR, but really kind of saying we, we'd be hypocrites if we don't do this. So 
Um, it's only going to work if those of you who want to hear from PADT subscribe, though, or otherwise we're not going to be able to share information with very many people. So it's going so it's going well so far. About uh, half of the number of people we thought would subscribe have after the first email. So we'll continue to ask people to do that and uh, only mail those, email those that want it. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Uh, we hope you found it useful as usual. Uh, we should see you in two to four weeks uh, with another interview uh, and uh, more information of use in the world of ANSYS. As always, do not hesitate to reach out. Um, send us emails. We get some great emails from customers just saying, hey, I love the podcast, or what do you, why don't you want to talk about this or interview that person? Always happy to get emails at podcast at padtinc.com. That's podcast at padtinc.com. Again, I'm Eric Miller. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 18. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. That's padtinc.com.